what did you think of like the overglorification of violence? Did you think that was occurring at any stage? Like, did you think, okay, this is probably a bit too unnecessarily violent? Hell did no. you think that at any Hell stage? No. <laughs> No, I, just I, I was going along with this film for the violence, man. Um, and yeah, like, yeah. something like the church scene where, you know, every, every yeah. second you're seeing blood come out of someone. Uh, yeah. It didn't even bother me because that's what I was watching the film for. Did you think? <laughs> Fair enough. I think, yeah, at some stages I just thought, okay, come on. Like that's a bit over the top. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, that's entirely a, a personal thing. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so when people's heads and like old ladies are being decapitated and their heads are putting on put on you know wooden spikes, I'm like, okay, do we really need to see that? Or Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rewatch Podcast. My name is Samuel. And I'm Jaden. This is a podcast where we rewatch classic or current films every week and then decide whether they deserve a rewatch from you. Before we get into it, a like on this video would be most appreciated. You can subscribe if you'd like. For the Spotify listeners, you can find us on YouTube by searching The Rewatch. Yes. Now, this week, we rewatched Kingsman The Secret Service. Mm. Uh, it was a fun movie, right? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I've all, I've watched it a few times and I've enjoyed it each time, so it's always good. So a story overview for this movie is a spy organization recruits a promising street kid into the agency's training program while a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. Yeah. And that twisted tech genius is Samuel Jackson, yeah. um, directed by Matthew Vaughan, who probably most notably directed Kick-Ass, which I have not seen. Have you seen Kick-Ass? No, I haven't. I've heard it's pretty good there. Yeah, same. And obviously he also directed X-Men First Class, which I think is one of the better X-Men films, but I can't I haven't really seen say. them in ages, man. The X-Men I haven't films, seen yeah. It. Yeah, in terms of the X-Men films, I'm really quite far behind. I, I haven't seen many of them at all, really. Mm. I think I've seen the worst two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the X-Men. Um, so do you want to get into the characters? Yeah. Um, before we sort of touch on our general thoughts of the movie. So I think probably most notably in this movie, probably everyone's favourite character in this movie is played by Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. And um, that's obviously like Agent Galahad. Yeah. Colin Firth is just so awesome in this movie, isn't he? I love his character, man. He's just got something like he's so uh, what, what's the word for it? He's so elegant in the way that he does everything. Yeah, he's very classy. Yeah, classy. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very James Bond esque. Mm. You know, this 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 entire movie I think is almost like a parody, or it takes inspiration from. It kind of is, yeah. Like, yeah, from the Bond movies, mm. and I think Colin Firth is is definitely Bond material in this movie. I could definitely see him playing, you know, an upcoming Bond. Yeah, it's funny. His um, Mamma Mia counterpart, Pierce Brosnan, obviously. He um, played James Bond. He's yeah. Bond, yeah. So 
interesting. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Firth went for Bond at one mm. stage. Um, Mark Strong is Merlin in this movie. I think he's one of your favorites. Is that right? Yeah, I love Merlin in this film, and I also love him in the second film. Yeah, he's um, great in the second film. He's just a good side character. Mm. Yeah, very cool as well. Everyone in this movie is very, very cool. Speaking yeah. of cool, Mark Hamill is yep. here for a, a bit of a cameo at the start and sort of throughout the movie mm. um, as as a college professor. So it doesn't have a lot to do, but it's always cool to see Mark Hamill. The first time I heard Mark Hamill in the intro scene, all I could hear was the animated Joker. Like he just sounded so <laughs> much like him. Um, yeah, fair enough. No, but I love that character as well. Mm. Um Staying along the whole Star Wars thing, we have Samuel Jackson as well mm-hmm. um, in this movie. Um, he plays the villain um, Valentine. Yep, interesting name for a villain there. But um, it is a bit weird. I really enjoyed Samuel Jackson in this movie. I liked his lisp on his character. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite well done. He's like this tech genius. Yeah, like a slash psychopath, mm. and we've seen that so many times before. Like we've recently seen that in Tenet, to be fair. Like, yeah. You know, say Sator or Sator. Sator <laughs> um, uh, is um he's not exactly a tech genius, but he's a you know villainous, villainous psychopath. Yeah. So it's, it's very hard to give like a new interpretation of that sort of villain. Yeah. But I think Samuel Jackson he he nails it. He's quite funny as well. Yeah, he did it quite well. Michael Caine, so someone we're used to seeing pop up in Christopher Nolan films, mm-hmm. he's here as Arthur. Who, um, I mean, I guess we'll talk about more of how his character development goes when we um, go into the spoiler section. Um, but his character was very interesting in this. Taron Egerton is also in this movie. Edgerton. He's the is it Edgerton or Egerton. I think it's Egerton. Oh, I'm not sure. Edgerton. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's the he he's like the main protagonist essentially. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was really cool in this actually. I think this was kind of his debut as an actor, really. Yeah, um, really one of his yeah. first big roles, which got me really yeah. excited for his, you know, his career in the future. Yeah, because he sort of obviously did this one and then the sequel, and then shortly after he was in Rocket Man, and then he's sort of been you know elevated to you know star status. Essentially, yeah, you know, um, and ev- everyone always at a point brings up the fact that in the uh, sequel to this film, he played uh, alongside Elton John. And in the animated movie Sing, he also sang one of Elton John's songs. And then oh, yeah. recently, he obviously did Rocket Man, which was a biopic of Elton John. <laughs> so oh, he, cool. he's been around Elton John for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe Elton John was sort of like secretly grooming him yeah. for the role. Because I'm sure Elton John had a bit of a say as to who was going to portray him. Mm, it for sure makes sense i mean surely he was a producer on the film so he would have had a bit of you know a bit of a say yeah. as to who was going to be him but that, that's funny mm. um but yeah i really, really enjoyed him in this movie yeah um i think he, he was really cool um but like also a bit of like a street kid as well um so something new because obviously with all the bond films you know we get this very classy gentleman like um privileged almost character. yeah um Whereas it was cool to see Taron sort of give that what Eggsy is sort of he's a street kid who grows up into this secret service yeah. and his privilege. So yeah, do you want to get into our general thoughts? So sort of like a pros and cons 
spend a bit more time on this section than usual because many people probably haven't seen this movie because while it did do reasonably well at the box office, it wasn't like a, a massive hit um, in terms of like the, the Bond movies, you know, they're massive. Didn't exactly reach those heights. Yeah. And probably isn't a household name in action movies, especially since we've had, you know, the MCU come out and just overshadow everything essentially. For sure, yeah. I think I think the fact that it might not have, you know, done as well as they would have expected or would have liked in the box office is that it was such a small film at the time and, you know, it, it didn't have any prequels, it didn't have any sequels, so it was just a standalone film. And, you know, mm. you're going up against, you know, the Bond films, which have been going on for, you know, yeah, generations. So it's kind of yeah, hard. Got to, their established base, yeah. you know. This movie had to sort of tell a new story while also making it really fun. Yeah. And so I just imagine, you know, seeing a trailer of this movie, certain people just aren't going to go along because they don't know what it's, what it's about. Yeah. You know, maybe... I think it is based on a comic book. Um, so Might be, actually, there, yeah. There is like that sort of, that really core fan base that's going to go along and see this movie, but I've never really heard of the Kingsman comic books. Um, but obviously they must be pretty big considering they've obviously got a live action. They opted to make a live action of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously they were quite successful and I think that's probably because of the cast. The cast is phenomenal, really. Um, so a lot of people obviously went along to see Colin Firth and Samuel Jackson and yeah. Mark Hamill, everything like that. So it was really cool. But yeah, I think this movie struggled because it didn't have that that backing of mm. the past success, um, which is a shame because I think it, it's more of an industry thing now because a lot of movies struggle with that first instance because we're so used to having sequels churned out at us at such a rate yeah. that if we see something new, we're like, Oh, like, I don't know, maybe you know, you're on edge about it. See. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to actually be any good. Mm. Whereas, you know, if when Ant-Man three comes out, you know, that's going to do better than this movie, but it should. So, <laughs> yeah. We probably shouldn't know, but it's because, you know, of all that backing and whatever, you know, the MCU is an extreme example of it. But yeah. Yeah, telling a story, an origin story, essentially, for a, a completely new source material is quite hard. So, But obviously, it was a success as well, so credit to the movie for that. What did you think of the action in this movie? Because obviously, that's a major part. It's an action flick, essentially. So what were your thoughts? Um, I like that they've done something different, and I don't think I've seen any other spy films that have kind of gone this direction. It's bringing... Uh, comedy and sort of that cartoon aspect into into a film adaptation and at the end uh, spoiler in advance here we you know we see everyone's heads explode and fireworks come out and i think that's kind of you know ripped straight from a comic book page it's they've taken a movie and basically made it a comic book kind of like what um into the spider-verse didn't really um mm. So, yeah, it was different, but it was interesting. So that's why I liked it. Yeah, I think the action was very, like, well shot. The, um, the fight choreography of... was incredible. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Um, we'll get more into that when we go into detail because there's one particular scene that is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what did you think of like the CGI and the effects in the movie? So obviously we have the main villain. It's not really a spoiler to say that like the main villain's henchman or henchwoman um, is capable of splitting people in half. Yeah, <laughs> which she definitely shouldn't be able to do. Um, go on. The CGI, the CGI when people like got split in half was just so bad. It, um, it didn't look too... <laughs> I mean, this movie was made in 2014, so... Which is recent years. They had the technology yeah, to so it, do it. Yeah, it, so it should be better, but maybe it's a budget problem, but... I mean, put I that up when... against Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out in the same year, I think. Yeah, wow, true. Yeah, yeah. It must have been a budget difference because, yeah, if you think... If you're going to put a character who's capable of splitting people in half, you're going to have to prepare to make that CGI look good yeah, and look a bit realistic because at some stages it, it just didn't. It was like cartoony almost. But that's the thing. Maybe, that was what, maybe, yeah, that's, maybe what that's what they what were trying to do. We, we don't yeah, know. So, true. yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, Samuel Jackson as a villain, sort of broadly speaking? Because he was a definite pro for me. I really enjoyed him. Um, I, I think it would be a bit of a sin to say this is one of his best roles. Um, but it's probably not, let's be honest. He'd probably be offended by it. He'd be offended by it. Um, it's definitely better than his role as Mace Windu, that's for sure. Um, and probably as Nick Fury too. (laughs) Nick Fury's a bit of a boring character as well. Yeah, he's not got much Um, to do. But this character, like I said, the lisp that he had, I feel like that's something that Samuel L. Jackson would have, uh, suggested to the director, um, Mm. to put a lisp on this character. And it's kind of good because it, his character Valentine, he kind of feels like a, a child trapped in a man's body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, his lisp just adds so much to the the comedic sort of side of his character. Mm. Um, no, I think I think it was just a pretty good role in general. Yeah, some of the funniest moments in the movie were from Samuel Jackson. Definitely just for sure. Yeah. His character dialogue is just is really really funny. Yeah. Another thing that I really liked, broadly speaking, was um, the initiation challenges that the Kingsmen have to do. Yeah. Um, so obviously the Kingsmen's like this secret spy organization and when they're recruiting new people, they have to put them through certain challenges. Mm. And obviously we see the main character, Eggsy, go through those initiation challenges. And I thought the challenges were quite interesting and quite diverse. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? Um. I think my favorite one in particular was probably the uh, the parachuting one where they all jump out yeah. of the airplane and then they have to land on the uh, the Kingsman logo at the end. And mm-hmm. they're told mid-flight that one of them doesn't have a parachute. And obviously yeah. when we get to the end, and you know, Eggsy's kind of like, uh, why did you put me through that stress? Why did you choose me? Have you got something against me? Um, Mark Strong's character, he kind of, he reaches down and he pulls out his parachute and then Exy goes yeah. flying back. So, so they all had a parachute, but they yeah, were told. Yeah, it shows they that didn't. they're never in danger, or maybe apart from yeah. the water scene. Um, but then again, that character didn't die. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they're never put in danger. They're just put in situations that sort of make their mind realize that this is a very bad situation and there is, yeah. you know, an aspect of death possible here. Yeah. But I think that, I think that, they were done quite well. The parachuting scene was very intense. Yeah, I enjoyed it was. that one. 
Um, and as far as the rest of them, I thought they were quite interesting. My favourite one was the water challenge. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's something we'll touch on later on. Do you have any like sort of cons for this movie? Anything that you didn't particularly enjoy or anything else that you want to add that you enjoyed? Um, I'm just thinking about cons. Uh, the fact that I have to think about it, there's nothing on top of my mind that I can really... Mm think about being a con and I, I know there definitely will be some because it's not a perfect movie for me but it's things like the cgi that you you mentioned you know that probably could have been done a bit better that might come down to you know the budget of the film and whether they were going for the cartoony aspect um but uh, nothing comes to mind when when you say cons what did you think of like the over glorification of violence did you think that was occurring at any stage like did you think okay this is probably a bit too unnecessarily violent hell did you no. think that at any hell stage no. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going along with this film for the violence man um and yeah, yeah. something like the church scene where you know every every yeah. second you're seeing blood come out of someone uh, yeah it even bother me because that's what i was watching the film for <laughs> did you think the fair enough i think yeah at some stages I just thought, okay, come on, like that's a bit over the top, yeah. Like, and and that's that's entirely a, a personal thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when people's heads and like old ladies are being decapitated and their heads are putting on put on, you know, wooden spikes, I'm like, okay, do we really need to see that? Or, <laughs> <laughs> but I admire the film for you know doing something different. Yeah. You know, it's it's not playing it safe. You know, it's not doing the whole Christopher Nolan violence of, you know, lots of bullets going everywhere, but yeah. no blood and no no death. Yeah. My God, a lot of people die in this movie. <laughs> oh my God, I, I want to watch a kill count on it because there would be a bunch of people. So many people. Well, <laughs> Do you have anything else? I've written some general notes. Do you just want to go through in chronological order and talk about the film? Yeah, or? yeah. Yeah. yeah, in terms of the like more detailed sort of yeah. spoiler-ish. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just awesome. mention to our viewers that are watching, if you haven't seen this film, um, I also gave a bit of a spoiler before, but this is a spoiler warning. So if you yeah. want to watch the film, click off here, go watch it, and then come back and watch this video. I think before they go, I think it is a worth at least one watch. Like, I mean, oh, it's probably sure. n- nothing worth really coming back to for a second watch, but it's definitely a fun time. So if you can yeah. find it on a streaming service for free and you don't have to go out of your way to sort of watch it, I think it's a good time. So enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Radio. So we start off in some desert uh, place. I'm not sure where it was, but we see an extraction um, of, I think, I don't know who who it was, but it, it was the Kingsman, and I think they were just on some sort of task. And we oh yeah, is this a flashback, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a flashback, and we see oh with Eggsy's dad. Yes, it is with Eggsy's dad. That's right, Eggsy's dad and Harry. Um, and we get the music from Dire Straits, "Money for Nothing," which is a great song. Um, you should listen to it if you have the chance. Um, and I think that was kind of quite a good sort of introduction scene into this film. Mm. What do you think? Gave us a bit of backstory. For Colin Firth's character Galahad, yeah, yeah, because um, what happens is I think they're all there's about like four Kingsmen in in a enclosed room, and an enemy sort of chucks a grenade in there, That's and there's right. a couple of seconds, there's a couple seconds to 
for, for them to decide, yeah. okay, what are we going to do? And one guy just jumps on the grenade, which we've seen um, Captain America do. So it's very similar to... That was Eggsy's dad. Yeah, Captain America, the first Avenger, when he jumps on the grenade to yeah. save the others. Oh, obviously, it's a fake grenade. Yeah. Um, this time it was <laughs> Yeah, this time it was real. Yeah. We see the death of Eggsy's dad. Mm. Um, so yeah, I really liked that scene. I thought it was a good, nice sort of introduction of sort of like the stakes of Kingsman. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not all fun and games. So yeah. I enjoyed that scene. Um, so then we move on to a sort of a, a different or a complete polar opposite where we're in a snowy environment now and we see a little, um, I guess you could call it a, a mountain hut or something. Um, a wood cabin. Let's go with that. A wooden cabin. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and we see Jack Davenport's character who plays uh, Norrington in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And we see him, who is the character that gets split in half. And, you know, he's quite an A-list um, actor. And he only yeah. gets, you know, uh, you know, two minutes screen time in this whole film. Yeah. Which is... A bit of a cameo. Yeah, which is quite incredible. And obviously that shows that they've got the budget for it because they have characters such as Mark Hamill and Jack Davenport who only have, you know, under 10 minutes film time throughout the whole film. So Mm. now I'm really starting to think that the CGI was meant to be cartoony. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Good way to excuse it, that's for sure. Yeah, so the theme of this film is kind of incredible as well. It's sort of James Bond and Incredibles-esque. That's what I got from it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was sort of like James Bond on steroids. <laughs> it was like James Bond, but for sort of for our demographic. Yeah. Like this this movie is literally probably made for us. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, you know, we got those cameos from the Star Wars stars and we have Colin Firth, who's this awesome you know, James Bond as character, but yeah. then also the main character is a lot younger, mm. not exactly our age, but he's, he's a lot closer. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's definitely like a James Bond film that's aiming for that younger audience. Yeah. But I think I may be wrong in this, but as you know, I'm definitely right. The James Bond movies sort of target like dads and oh, yeah. maybe the dads who bring their sons along too. Oh, sure, for sure. So whereas this movie, I think it's more of, the sons of the dads who watch James Bond. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's for everyone, really. Well, <laughs> well not, not younger audiences, but, yeah. you know, both both genders sort of around our age and upwards. Yeah. Yeah. It is MA15 in Australia, which does mean that it's most likely R18 in America. Oh, yeah. That's how it works. Up it up there, yeah. Yeah. Rightio. So, um we get the first rendition of this bar fight scene, which we'll see many times later on. And I'm not sure if you've seen the sequel to this film, but they also yes, include, they, yeah, okay. You have, they also include another bar fight scene like oh, really? in the second film. Um, <laughs> so we, we see it three times in total, I think. And man, this, this bar fight scene was also incredible. I mean, the fight choreography in this was just great as well. And mm. the way that uh, Harry kind of, he, links the uh the umbrella's handle around the cup and he throws it back and it hits him in the face Mm. i think that was quite funny manners maketh man yes when that proceeds to 
kill lots of people. Lots of people. <laughs> well, I don't well, know about kill, but like, well, he did stab a few people, didn't he? He does throw a very well. He throws a glass with lots of force. Yeah, with considerable force at a man's head. But then again, so, we see them appear later on in the film. Oh, true. That is true. Um, <laughs> I I do want to comment though. Uh, this must be a pretty bad neighborhood that Eggsy lives in because yeah. these dudes when they get into this bar fight, so the people who are fighting Harry or Agent Galahad, they proceed to get out knives. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, it must be a pretty bad neighbourhood if the dudes, you know, bring out knives in a bar fight and then one of them then brings out a gun. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, chill, boys. (laughs) Well, well, we see that in Eggsy's sort of uh, life, you know, the people that he's living with and the conditions that he's living in. I mean, his stepdad mm. is just a bit of a fucking idiot. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to say I love the um the English accents in this movie. Um, at one stage, we get the line, "Are you mental, cuz?" <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of these actors were actually British as well. So, oh, I think Taron Egerton is British, definitely. Yeah, I think one hundred percent. I think Colin- yeah, he's Welsh. So yeah, um. Yeah, I think a lot of them are just speaking normally, so and yeah. they have great accents. Well, it's kind of like um Harry Potter in a way, where the whole cast was yeah from uh Scotland or England, mm. I think. So. Yeah, actually, I was just reading something. Someone was um commenting on um the King's Speech, which is an Oscar-winning movie that Colin Firth stars in. Oh, yeah. Um. They they were like, how has Colin Firth not been in a Harry Potter movie? And I'm like, well, that's a good question. That is very he'd true. Be perfect. He'd be perfect, wouldn't he? He'd be a perfect fit for that. Yeah. Yeah, just like a professor um, in Hogwarts. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Moving on. So we see in the scene, Harry was drinking a, a Guinness in the start of the scene. And I, yeah. and I picked up on this. I don't, I don't know if it means anything, but... There are various posters on the walls that are saying, and I picked up a few. I saw one that said a lovely day for a Guinness and another one that said Guinness for strength. So I don't know. There must be something going on there. I just didn't really find any sort of Guinness just paying for for the advertising. (laughs) Yeah, it must be, but it was kind of hidden. So I don't know. It's quite quite bad advertising. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, so we already talked about the parachute scene. And again, I think it was very well done and it was also filmed really well. And I think mm. the actual scene that they had um, some of the camera crew, you know, also jump out of the plane and film at midair as well. Oh, yeah. How you get that sort of shaky aspect, mm. which I think was done really well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I liked at the start when, because obviously Eggsy's being recruited by Harry to join the spy agency and of course Eggsy's not the only one who's vying for a spot in the secret service organization so yeah there's like eight other contenders or something like that yeah. and Merlin he's explaining the risk of death to the contenders so he's being all serious and he's like some of you will die mm. um, and he shows them their body bags and he's like you need to write your name on here and your next of kin and Everyone 
is just standing there, like, accepting it. Yeah. And then you have Eggsy. He's standing there, like, looking at them. He's like, what on earth is going on? I noticed that as well, yeah. So funny. They're all, like, you know, standing up straight, like, in the military sort of, you know, paying respect to Merlin. Yeah. He's the officer. Yeah. And and Eggsy's just like, what on earth is going on? Oh, yeah. And it's kind of funny because he's he's the only one there that's kind of... um you know, sort of from the lower class of... Yeah, street kid, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you have all these sort of posh kids as well. And it's kind of like um, Men in Black in a way where, I don't know if you've seen that film in a while, but we see Will Smith's character. Um, He is also... It's it's very similar now that I'm thinking about it. He's going for the role of a Men in Black um, agent. Hmm. And then we see all these other people that have come from the military and... Uh, yeah. come from the Navy. And then we see Will Smith's character who's rocks up in, you know, a cap and he's got baggy clothes on and everything. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get Barack Obama in this movie. He's pretty what? cool. Are you serious? <laughs> did, did you not notice that? No. Where? At one stage, Valentine's literally in the president's office speaking to, I mean, obviously oh, it's not yeah. Barack okay. Obama. It's, it's like somebody that looks like him um but we get like the character of Barack Obama. yeah I, I i know that scene that you're talking about now yeah yeah and we see like the back of his head and then later on in the movie his head explodes <laughs> oh does it yeah oh okay i might have to look back at that yeah so that's funny i mean surely they get Barack to come in you know shoot that scene he all he has to do is sit in the chair yeah <laughs> but um i thought it was just cool because in a lot of these movies the stakes are everything, you know, the stakes are world ending sort yeah. of scenarios. And it doesn't make sense if the president, you know, the most powerful man in the free world isn't involved. Yeah. So so I like the fact that this movie actually involved the president yeah. somewhat because it does you know, a lot sense. of Yeah. A lot of the times when you're like, you know, New York's being invaded by aliens. Well, where's the president? Where's he? Military. (laughs) So, yeah, I enjoy that. But back to the challenges. Yeah. My favorite one was the rising water level challenge. I thought that one was really interesting Um, and sort of took everyone, including the audience, by surprise. And we didn't really know what was going to happen. It's kind of like the Hunger Games in a way where they had those, uh, those challenges. Yeah, very similar to that. Yeah, which would have came out in a similar time. Hunger Games was sort of this is just you know, twenty fourteen. One big parody movie <laughs> of everything <laughs> I like, just combined into one film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't like really feel like it. It does sort of stand on its own. Yeah, but yeah. Definitely taken inspiration from a lot of different, you know, successful films. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing though. Yeah. So we see. Um, Harry go on this sort of undercover mission to find out more about Valentine and his sort of mm. plan with all the chips and such. Um, yeah. And we see Valentine eating Maccas for dinner, which is McDonald's <laughs> for any of our American yes. viewers. Um, yeah. And then at the end of this, we see Harry um, walk out and then he goes to thank him and he says, thank you for such a, Happy meal. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on that, but that was cool. That was so funny. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. I, I loved when they're sitting down to eat and Samuel Jackson's like, 
you know, all we're having in McDonald's and Colin first like, I'll have the Big Mac, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so such, well. such a gentleman yeah it, it makes it so classy. makes the maccas look very very good like i wanted to eat it but i know it's bad so i'll have the big mac please thank right. you <laughs> i'll have the big so, mac. good choice good choice good choice radio so the next note that i've put down is the church scene did you want to talk about anything before we move on to that um i i liked the basic premise of this movie so in terms of the villain's motivation yeah sort of thanos-esque in the sense that <laughs> it kind of is yeah valentine is seeking to decline or decrease the world's population because there's too many of us um and i mean he's not wrong but going about it the wrong way, probably. <laughs> this did precede Infinity War, so you know, yeah, Thanos got a bit of an idea for. It. But then again, um, the comics were before Kingsman, so. So the basic motivation of this villain is to he's handing out free SIM cards because he's a billionaire, so he can afford to do so. Yeah, and he distributes all of these free SIM cards that have free internet and everything. So obviously. They're all the rave in society. Everybody's got one. Mm. And then he turns those SIM cards into like a um, like a radio signal that somehow triggers um, like an aggressive function in the brain mm. in everyone. So everybody just suddenly wants to kill each other. Yeah. And so then obviously decreasing, you know, decreasing the world population that way. So I think... You know, in terms of like these end of the world sort of motivations for villains, it's always a bit hard to give one that's realistic. And this one's like, it's sort of far-fetched, but it works. You know, the whole movie's it's not a grounded affair. So mm. I enjoyed it. I mean, I always enjoy when movies sort of, you know, bring climate change or overpopulation or, you know, some bigger issue into the plot. Yeah. Mm. Um, obviously, we saw that with Tenet recently as well. So really enjoyed the fact that they brought sort of like a real-world issue and then made it into their sort of their fantasy. Yeah, their interpretation of it, yeah. Yeah, so so that was cool. Yeah. It's kind of like um how Elon Musk is uh, implanting these chips in everyone's brains, which is... At one stage, at one stage, right, the Valentine, he calls someone, he says, yo, E... And he just keeps referring to this person as E. Oh. And I'm like, is that Elon Musk? Oh my God. Does he actually? It's towards the end when everything's sort of going wrong and his satellite gets blown up. He he wants to use someone else's satellite. I'm thinking, who else has a satellite? You know, Elon Musk is. That's weird, man. Because in the space game. This film was 2014. And I think Elon Musk only really started uh, putting this chip idea out into the world very recently so yeah that's strange i don't know he calls someone called e and um maybe it means somebody different but uh, you know he's calling probably a fellow tech billionaire might be elon musk yeah who who wants a bit of social progression in the world so definitely yeah sounds like elon to me Mm. radio so the church scene probably one of my favorite scenes um throughout the film um yeah and i'm just trying to remember why uh why harry's character was there 
in the point of time. I can't quite remember. But um, uh, I think it was something to do with there was like an alt right organization there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Harry ends up in the church, and he's trying to I think bring down this organization. And some of the things that the pastor says at the front are a bit, a bit dodgy. So we're not going to go into them. But um, and then I, the thing that Colin Firth says to the woman is quite dodgy too. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do it because we might get a uh, some bad yeah. reviews on this. We'll have so to beep it all out. We'll, yeah. we'll stay away from it. But once again, you know, the fight choreography in this in this scene in particular was just done so well. And I think you know, it's one of my favorite fight scenes of all time. I mean, it, it looks like one continuous shot. However, I watched a video on it by, oh God, I think it might've been Corridor Crew who did a review of this film. And this whole sequence looks like it was done in one shot, but yeah, it does hidden cuts in it. And it's kind of like 1917 in a way where that mm. film also is shot in one long take, but it has cuts. Um, and yeah, I think that was just done so spectacularly. And and I think I can speak for many people when I say that this is my favorite scene in the movie, um, which is just great because this is what I was just waiting the whole film for. And, you know, we've been yeah. hinting against, um, we've been hinting throughout the film of this mm. gritty violence and it kind of just exploded all at this one time. And we, we see people getting, you know, shish kebabbed and then we see yep. people getting a, uh, put on a skewer and then we, you know, see people getting their heads blown off, people's heads getting axed. I just loved it. <laughs> I loved the whole thing. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. And um, just for a bit of backstory, if the viewers haven't seen it recently, so they're just in the church and everybody, you know, Valentine sort of tries out this, um, this new technology of his. In a small environment, yeah. Yeah. And then everybody just starts killing each other. Yeah, and it's and it's to the tune of "Free Bird" by Lynn and Skinner, which I think is just the perfect song choice. Because I think it was a the guitar yeah, solo it, that song goes for like seven minutes, so <laughs> it's it could definitely span the whole the whole scene's uh, duration, I guess. Yeah, it was a really well put together scene, definitely. Sure, in yeah. terms of like the fight choreography and the filming and. Yeah, all, all of it was really good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the scene. It is probably the most iconic scene in the movie, like the most well-known. Yeah. Um, and definitely the best scene in the movie, that's for sure. Well, I've, I've seen various um, sort of parodies on this scene on YouTube and they've put different songs over the top of it. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, Mr. Blue Sky, which was the intro song to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 being put over the top of this. Yeah. And there was a point in YouTube's history, I think it was like 2016, 2017, where there were just hundreds of videos with, you know, this scene, just different songs over the top of it. And they all worked. And it was like syncing this song to the Kingsman fight uh, church scene. It was quite a good time when YouTube was good. <laughs> um, speaking of YouTube, I saw a comment on the clip of this fight scene and somebody says, um, somebody pointed out the fact that when Harry takes a lighter bomb and puts it in somebody's pocket, mm-hmm. when it explodes, uh, Harry loses his hearing and he's unable to hear the SIM card for a bit. Ah, yeah. And he has an expression of horror because he realizes what he's doing 
until he gets back his hearing mm. and can hear the phone again and then he just continues to murder innocent people. <laughs> That's quite good. And it's little touches like that that make this film quite good. Um, yeah. Oh, that's real good attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, very, very good. Mm. I talk about what happens just outside the church scene. Yeah, so um, my opinion, I do think that Harry's death was meant to be a permanent thing because obviously sure. in the second film he comes back. But I think um, the sort of audience uh, affection towards him, they kind of decided to bring him back in the, in the second film because, you know... It, no one's going to survive a shot to the head like that. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, I think he comes back with an eye patch. So yeah. like the bullet went through his eye. I think they sort of try to explain it away in the sequel, but you know, the audience is just so like, yeah, you know, we, we liked him. So you brought him back. That's yeah. Why. <laughs> yeah. I do think it was meant to be a sort of permanent thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also for once we get a villain that deci- decides to kill the hero on the spot, he doesn't ask yep. for a speech or any last words. Valentine just straight up shoots him in the head. And then, yep. oh, damn, what, oh, I wasn't meant to do that. That was a real bad attempt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Galahad comes out and he's like, so I guess this is the part where you make a big villainous speech about your motivations and then proceed to slowly kill me. Yeah. And then Valentine's like, it's not that kind of movie. And then he just shoots yeah. him in the head. <laughs> Oh, that's which so is just fun. such a such a great scene it's refreshing it's, yeah yeah it is and it's it's good to know that the movie doesn't take itself too seriously yeah and then it's also making fun of other movies you know we see so many times you know harry potter is the biggest example for me where voldemort just he when he gets harry potter he just decides to you know keeps do anything except kill him <laughs> for like five straight movies yeah and, you know, there's so many, so many other superhero examples where the villain is one and he's like, oh, let me tell you what my plan is before I slowly kill you. Yeah. It's like, just, just do it. Well, I watched um, Babysitter Killer Queen on Netflix, which is a film that just released a Netflix um, special. And there was the end sequence. And uh, essentially these characters, the villains were trying to kill the hero. And he just went on and on and on and on. <laughs> and it's like, when are you going to kill the character? Like, just mm. shoot him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sort of takes you out of the movie a bit. It does, yeah. So, yeah, I like the fact that the movie knows that it's sort of going over the top and everything. Yeah. And you know, take itself too seriously. Yeah, they know, they know that it's a joke film and that they can play with the sort of uh, comedy aspect of it as well and, you know, yeah. and a bit of violence at the same time. It's just good to know that they can do that. Radio. So we see Eggsy don a Kingsman suit, which um we've been waiting the whole film for. Oh, that's mm. just so good. He looks so good in the Kingsman suit, and it just fits he so does. well. Um, and also Merlin, who's played by Mark Strong in this scene, he gets a bit more screen time at the end because yeah. he's only one of the he's the only one of the Kingsmen that's really left, as we know. Yeah, because. But in Michael Caine turned bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we just skipped over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has, that was a bit unexpected. I did not see that coming at all. And that I was so that. smart. Yeah. I was so smart by whoever cast this movie mm. to cast Michael Caine in this role because, I mean, think of another time where Michael Caine's a bad guy. You can't. I can't he's, think of that. Oh, no. he's always. 
now you see me too. He is a bad guy, but you haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> Michael Caine, he's always like this gentleman, noble hero, or, you know, just think of Alfred, you know? Yeah. Such a good guy. So charming. But he's the, he turns bad in this. Mm. <laughs> so I think that was really smart by the the makers of this movie because nobody sees that coming because Michael Caine's always the good guy. I, I definitely didn't see that coming, that's for sure. I mean, I've seen this movie before. I didn't see it coming this time. <laughs> <laughs> just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I quite forgot. Well, it's quite it kind of skipped over so quickly and it, and it doesn't really yeah. add anything to the sort of... Uh, to the sort of story that we're following but um yeah it was a good twist nevertheless yeah yeah um so we see uh just when we think Eggsy is dead and he's getting uh flanked i guess you could call it the temporal pincer movement um he's getting yeah. flanked by two sets of spies um not spies these bad guys um yeah we see everyone's heads explode <laughs> and um we get it to the tune of pomp and circumstance, which is oh, yeah. really well done. And, you know, they all explode at different times and we get fireworks and different colors yeah. and such. Oh man. It was, it was a really good finale just to say that the least of words. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very fun finale. That's for sure. Mm. And I think the action scenes with Eggsy, you know, when he's running down the hallway, just mowing down people. It's just, yeah very well done as well and you can tell that matthew vaughn's obviously you know the action is sort of his his thing you know that's what he's really good at yeah what one of my um negatives when i was watching this film was when he was running through those corridors it was kind of like you know he's getting he's definitely going to get shot here like this that yeah bullets flying past him but then i thought back to recent uh to earlier on in the film where we hear that the kingsman suits are actually bulletproof yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's already been explained. So I moved on from that. Yeah, because a lot of times when heroes are running through crowds of villains, you're like, oh, come on, you're going to get shot here. Yeah, kind of like, like Stormtrooper aim. Yeah, like, I mean, Rise of Skullk, it does it the worst. You know, we have the, the main, I mean, I think it's <laughs> Finn and Poe. They're just like mowing down 50 or odd uh, Stormtroopers. It's like... A stormtrooper's even a threat anymore. Like a bad guy's even a threat. Whereas I think in this movie, the action is so well done that you're so busy thinking, "Wow, it looks so cool," mm. that you don't. You're not like, "Hey, you should be dead right now." Yeah, you just you just skip over it and you, you yeah. sort of learn that it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Um, I've written here that the, the music when the world is tearing itself oh. apart. So obviously valentine achieves his goal and he sets the he makes the world go crazy and start to kill each other it's very um batman begins actually yeah um which i mean batman begins obviously the fear toxin makes everybody afraid of everyone so they start killing each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this one's very very similar so when when the world is sort of tearing itself apart we get a few different locations i think one's on one's on a sunny beach just i think Yes, yeah, yeah, sitting down, you know, getting a nice tan and then turns the SIM cards on and everybody starts trying to yeah. kill each other. It's just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Completely over the top. But I think that's when Give It Up plays, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Like Casey and the Sunshine Band. 
such a good song and it's really really funny with the with what's going on on screen it, it feels like it shouldn't fit right if someone wants to tell me hey we're doing this massive massive fight sequence yeah the world is ending we're gonna play uh give it up it's kind of like hey that's not gonna work yeah <laughs> it definitely works for some reason yeah yeah um i think i wrote at the ending here i wrote lovely ending um, and then a couple lines below that, I said, this was a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you don't watch this film to, you know, follow the story, really. Let's be honest. You watch it for the action. You watch it for the comedy. You watch it for how fun it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one-time watch, really. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go see this movie in the theater and it's a fun experience and then you don't see it again. And that's, it's not, you know, you're not supposed to come back to it. You know, that, that's not a bad thing. And I have seen this film various and multiple times because I want mm. this film. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely watch it again in the future. And in my opinion, you know, it's, it's probably not a one-time watch for me because I have watched it a lot of times. Mm. Fair enough. I think, yeah, I think obviously it's a personal thing. I think for me, it's like, I obviously, I don't think I saw this movie in, in the theatre, but I think I've watched it twice in total. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the sequel in the theatre and obviously enjoyed that um, quite a bit, actually. Um, but it's nothing that really left a lasting impact or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so at the end, we see Eggsy utilise the blade that is in his shoe. Um, and that was kind of a good callback to when he learnt it from Harry, when he clicks his heels together, I guess, midair. And- oh, that's so that's such a funny scene yeah when harry's like um do your best german aristocrat impression yeah and then he and then does the hitler salute (laughs) oh there's so many little things like that that we probably just you know kind of blew off but there there were a lot of good comedy moments like that that yeah there's a few good quotes too if you don't mind me going through two of them it says um colin firth like uh galahad's character when he's talking to eggs he's sort of like mentoring him um, he says a few good quotes. So he says, um, like, being a gentleman isn't something you're born into. It's something one learns. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty nice quote. Obviously pretty standard. You know, it's like, you know, nobody's born a leader. Mm. You have to become one. And then Harry then says, true nobility is being superior to your former self, yeah. which is pretty nice. Radio. So the final ending scene where we see Eggsy in the bar confronting his stepdad, I think was done really well. And, you know, once again, we get that manners maketh man quote. Um, and we see the other thugs who were originally battered by Harry at the start of the film. They know it's about to happen here and you can see it on their faces. Yeah. And the, the main dude who got the glass smashed on his head at the start, he even tried, tries to warn Eggsy's stepdad, but he kind of just shrugs him off and says, you know, be quiet i don't want to hear about what you're going to say and then we we see uh you know uh Eggsy do the same thing where he grabs the glass and throw it back and i think that yeah, was, viciously beat up yeah and i think that was a really good ending and i think he says so are we gonna stand around here all day or are we gonna get to work or something like that i think yeah quite well yeah no it was a nice callback and there are quite a few like nice little payoffs in the movie so yeah credit to it for that um all right should we go to the music segment then yeah let's do that all right so for those who don't know every week we put a maximum of two or a minimum of one song into a spotify playlist called the rewatch playlist 
um, you can visit it, listen to it, follow it um, by linking by by going to the link in the description below of the, in the YouTube video. So Spotify listeners, you have to head over to our YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, um, do you want to give the honorable mentions for some songs that you you enjoyed but didn't make the cut because we got two songs going in this week? Yeah, so I already touched on them, but. We have uh, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits and then Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Yeah, there is some, some good some good music in this movie, I will say that. Not a lot of it is original music. A lot of it is like classical, yeah. you know, best of all time sort of music. And I think, it's, you know, I've, I've always thought about the, the rewatch playlist. Should we be putting in music that is original scores or should we be putting in music that is uh old scores or do a mix or it, it's hard i think to put them up against one another yeah i think it's always good to have at least one sort of original song yeah. so for example right so we did our second episode was joker and that the music in that movie is in the original music won the oscar for best original music right yeah so it would almost be an injustice to the movie to put the sort of like the classical sort of songs in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of had to, that that one was very difficult because the orchestral music in that is really, really good. And then the classical music in that is really good as well. So it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, it is hard, but as long as we sort of have, you know, that original music in there somewhere, I think we're good. Yeah. So, this week, going into the playlist, we have original music-wise, we have Manners Maketh Man, and that's obviously the theme that plays during the mm-hmm. bar fight scene. Which is really, really good, isn't yeah. it? Um, very James Bond-esque. Yeah. So really, really awesome. I love that song. Works really well in the scene as well because it sort of like comes in when he's not speaking. So it's like Manners Maketh Man. And in... In the spaces there, there's some cool high notes. That yeah, you get that dun dun dun. Yeah, some nice tension. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then we also have "Give It Up," and now that's a classical song. Um, it's not associated with the movie, not an original song. Yeah, and but what an awesome song it is! Definitely had to put that in there for the uh, ending fight sequence. Yeah, so it obviously plays when everybody's tearing each other apart. Yeah in the world so those are the two songs going in again if you would like to listen to the playlist just visit the link in the youtube description yeah all right would you like to give your final thoughts yeah let's do it right here give our tier ranking yep um so overall i actually really thoroughly enjoyed this film and i've watched it a few times already um and i think that both the original scoring and the music choices were fantastic as we just touched on um and the acting and the the casting were both greats on each end and i think that the mix of the violence in the comedy was also pretty much perfect which we haven't seen before so it was unique um and honestly i couldn't pick a favorite role because all of them were pretty much fantastic um but i, I did really like harry and Exy. um and so i actually really like this film and i think it's kind of fitting of an a minus ranking and and obviously that is alongside tenant which you might not agree with I do think that Tenet lost some marks because at times, you know, it was a bit confusing and hard to follow. And, you know, people can say that that's what Nolan is known for and he was meaning to do that. But I don't know. Also, the music in that film, how it kind of went over the top of the dialogue and then you couldn't hear such lines and stuff. 
Yeah. So that's why I'm putting it A minus in the sort of same sort of tier ranking as that. Yeah, awesome. No, I don't have a problem with that. Um, my tier ranking, I'm going to give it a B plus because I think when I was watching this, I was just like, oh, this is such a B plus movie. I mean, it's it's fun. It, it, it's a really good watch. It's a really fun watch. You know, after I finished this movie, I was like, damn, that was so much fun. Yeah. But nothing really worth coming back to for me. So that's that's what sort of kept it away from the A tier. Yeah. But apart from that, I think it's quite well made. I think the premise, I mean, the motivations for the villain, you know, they're sort of the best you can do in this sort of genre. Yeah. The cast is fantastic. The music is great. Like the action scenes are obviously brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but in terms of sort of, you know, favorite of all time, anything like that, I think it's quite far away. But um, no, I did enjoy it. Obviously, I've seen this movie before and coming back to it. I had a good time. So, mm. and I would recommend this to sort of anybody who's a fan of, you know, the action genre, or maybe, you know, they've seen a few James Bond films or they like spy movies yeah. or anything like that. Um, I think this is a fun time watch. So if you can find it for free on like one of those streaming services, I think it would be a good, definitely a good watch. Yeah. But like, it would in terms of like, would you go out of, the, out of your way to buy this movie, like on Blu-ray or something like that? Probably not. Yeah. So that's all from us today. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so um, at the rewatch pod. Um, we'll be announcing our next episode on there shortly. Actually, let's just say it now. Yeah. We're doing the devil of all time. Yes. The new film. Well, the devil's everywhere all the time. Well, what is it called? The devil. Time. The devil is everywhere here and there. And he's <laughs> here now all the time. It's the new Netflix special and it's starring uh, Tom Holland. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I think a few other people as well. Yes, my ranking will differ depending on how much Robert Patterson action we get. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to watching that movie. It looks very interesting. Oh, so, yeah. so yeah, so that's what we'll be doing next week, having a nice discussion about that, which will be cool because it's a movie that I think everybody will be able to see because it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's obviously trending a bit too, so it should be fun. Yeah. If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search uh, The Rewatch on YouTube. Thanks for listening or thanks for watching on YouTube. Mm. Bye for now. See ya.